Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. Getting into the field was tricky this spring thanks to the wet weather and planting progress for soybeans was historically delayed. This could also mean a harvest delay and possibly running the combine while the plants still have some green on them. Joining me on this podcast is Paul Yassa. He's an extension ag engineer at the University of Nebraska. And Paul, thank you very much for joining me today. Producers know it's impossible to harvest all your soybeans at exactly 13% moisture, and this year especially. So how long can we leave beans in the field and hope they dry down? Well, when it comes to 13%, that is what the market standard is. I like to harvest as many beans as I can at that 13% number, but producers are often afraid of that green stem still there, some leaves still hanging on, some green pods on top perhaps. The key is is you need to have the load average 13%. And what happens is too many farmers will leave the beans standing there thinking that the plant has to dry down totally, all the green has to be gone. They hit the field with the combine and they're shocked to find out the beans are down at 10 or 11%. And what happens there, they're actually losing money because they are authorized to sell that water that is between that 10% bean and 13% bean. That's part of the standard definition, so I don't want to lose that money. What level of moisture is considered harvestable? Well, when it comes to the moisture itself, uh, the thing I look at is uh, are the pods turning brown. If the pods are brown and the bean itself is separating from the pod, uh, I've run uh, through a nice rotary combine run through beans as high as 20%. Now, the 20% beans, you got to set the combine a little different compared to, say, a 10% bean. But it's amazing what these new combines, especially the rotaries, can handle when it comes to the wetter uh, beans out there. Now, some people cringe at 20% beans. Well, uh, all of our beans go into a bin on our research farm. The first harvest, which is at maybe we'd like more like 15 to 16%, goes on the bottom of the bin. And by the time we finish harvest, uh, we might be down that 10 or 11, 12%. Well, when you turn the fan on for temperature management, Now that wet bean down below becomes dry and some of that moisture moves up to the dry beans on top. And we're amazed a lot of times our beans will come out at that average of 13%. So it's okay to put them in there a little wetter. It's okay to put in your own bin a little wetter. Uh, A lot of our listeners out there may be taking them directly to the elevator. The elevator will dock you for wet beans. And what they end up doing then is they dock you a percentage. uh, Typically, it's around a 3% per point. And again, when we start looking at that dock, uh, a 14% bean gets stocked 3%. But if I take that uh, 13% bean and let it dry down to 11 I actually lose more water than what the dock was. Now, 12 is a trade-off, but again, uh, 10 or 11% means I'm losing money because I could have sold them at 14. Sure, I got docked a little bit, but it's not as bad as those uh, 10 or 11% beans. Coming up, we'll talk about the importance of literally being hands-on with your soybean plants. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. Should you walk into your field and just look at the plant, take it apart, inspect the pods with your own eyes? Definitely. We have to get into the field and see what's going on. Driving down the road at 60 mile an hour doesn't tell us what's going on. 
the field edges always has some edge effects from uh, wind from an open area, or maybe it's wind being blocked from a windbreak right there. But walk in the field and uh, examine the pods. The newest pods, the ones on top, and too many people are a little lazy, just reach down to that one, and that one looks pretty green. But that might be only maybe 5% of the pods in the plant. The pods on the bottom are already dry, ready to thresh. Now, when it comes to uh, pre-harvest shatter, it's going to be the ones on top that get hit by the wind. Uh, and so those are the ones I definitely look at for sure. If I'm starting to get shattering there, I better get the combine to the field. The other thing is that we had a wet spring. We had a lot of rains come and go. Uh, the same thing can happen in the fall during harvest. That's one of your worst enemies when it comes to shatter. Every time that bean pod gets wet, it swells. When it dries, it shrinks. Shrinks swell several times. It starts cracking open. Shatter becomes even bigger problem yet. And that's why I start when the beans are at that uh, 16 17%, put them in the bin, reduce that shatter. Again, when I add the shatter loss to the lack of moisture when I'm harvesting, say, a 10% bean, those losses become huge. So as producers are going out and looking at their fields and, you know, kind of planning, is it okay to harvest while these plants are still partially green? Well, the partially green plant doesn't bother me if my combine is well-equipped and well-set up uh, or properly adjusted. And one of the things is that uh, happens as you get the green stems in particular, those stems are a little more difficult to grab hold of and pull through the machine. And so a good uh, sharp feeder house chain that can actually grab it and pull it up in. Good sharp edges on my auger and the header itself such that I move the material across that uh, header platform. But the key is to keep that material moving on into the combine. One of the worst things you can do is let a big pile of green stems build up on the end of the header, send it through the big chunk and that big wump that everybody hears underneath the seat of the combine. That uh, wump is going to be creating a lot of problems. If not plugging you up, it sure decreases threshing efficiency because you can't separate beans out of the middle of that big wad. Paul, let's talk some more about combine adjustments, especially, you know, if you have an older combine, new combines maybe not bought so much in the past few years. What types of adjustments would you recommend for these people? Combine gets a little older, get a little more wear. Uh, the things like the rasp bars start getting rounded off. The concave itself, the edges start getting rounded off. And I start getting those rounded off edges. Then a green sticky material like a green stem bean can't get pulled through easily and starts mushing up in there. And so it could be we have to replace the rasp bars, make sure they got good edges to feed the material through the machine. Uh, on some of the older machines, there's a lot of people adding what. Uh, Brand names, there's various ones out there, but the commonly called an air reel, uh, where the air stream itself helps push the beans on into the head. And it makes that feed of the material much more uniform going through that thresher. And that's one of the key things when it comes to handling green beans is I want a smooth, uniform th- flow through that thresher. Then I might set the concaves a little different, I might set my rotor speed a little different. And what happens is first thing in the morning, especially you got a little dew, little green stems, I need to tighten up that concave a little bit to make it bite those green stems and move them on through. But as the day uh, warms up and the material dries out and by mid-afternoon when it's a little warmer out, maybe I open the concave up a little bit. And again, a lot of farmers don't like making those adjustments midday. They set it first thing in the morning, they might run for three weeks before they check them. We need to check them as those conditions change. But the key is just to keep that material moving through the combine without building up in wads. Should you get out sometimes while you're going through and get out of the cab and just go see what's going on in there? I always like to say there's a difference between a combine operator and a combine driver. The combine driver is the one who gets in the morning, drives all day, unloads, eats lunch, goes home at night. 
The combine operator is one who will get out and check, dig behind the combine to see if there's any beans coming through unthreshed. He may have to change the clearance of the thresher or the rotor speed such that I'm going to thresh the rest of those pods. He's going to look in the grain tank to see how am I putting green pods in the tank. Do I need to open up my lower sieve and send more through the rethresh to get them open? If I'm getting a lot of pods coming through, maybe I need to put a filler plate in my concave to hold the bean pods in the concave longer. Because if a bean pod falls out when it hits the first bar of the concave, it's not going to get threshed. I want that pod to ride along maybe three or four or five bars into that concave such that it has a better chance of being threshed. The other thing to get out and look is actually in front of the combine and right immediately underneath the combine. As the longer we wait for those beans to dry down in the field, the more we get shatter losses. Uh, look in front of the combine to see if the wind or rain or whatever has shattered some beans before you even got to the field. That's the danger of waiting for everything to dry down. Shatter losses increase. Then look immediately underneath the combine because it might be your reel itself or the head itself or the sickle itself, creating vibration, creating shattering. And again, if I'm finding a lot of shattering underneath, uh, maybe I should have been out there sooner or maybe now I need to adjust my reel speed. Or that's where I like the air reel on the combine so that shatter at least gets blown into the combine rather than falling to the ground. But the key is you have to get out and look. And you mentioned briefly, you know, uh, harvesting in the morning, harvesting in the afternoon. When soybeans are harvested late or, you know, have to be harvested partially green, is there a particular time of day that you would recommend people go out for the harvest? When it comes to handling green beans and uh, higher moisture content beans, usually I like to wait till the afternoon. That afternoon uh, heating and uh, sunlight, hopefully, depends what the harvest season will be like, is an advantage because we got knock some of that surface moisture off. And that's one of the things that's a little tricky. First thing in the morning, there's a lot of surface moisture. The bean itself on the inside may not be that wet, but it just acts like it's that wet because of surface moisture. In the afternoon, we're a little bit more equalized. But there's a lot of producers who get surprised. Uh, they may think they're combining you know, 12% beans, and they put it on their truck, park the truck, and unload it the next day, and they find out the beans are 13%. Well, that was moisture migration from inside the bean moved to the outside of the bean. Now, that's all right because I sell them at 13 but again, it could go the other way. It could be real dry in the afternoon versus wet in the morning. And maybe the wet in the morning was testing at 13%. And they said, oh, that's great. And then the moisture dries off that surface. And in the afternoon, it might be only 11%. So again, we have to look at that surface of the bean compared to the inside of the bean. I like to take my moisture samples after the beans have sit a while to get the equalization of that moisture. We're going to come back here in just a little bit, and uh, Paul will be giving us some more of his tips on harvesting green soybeans. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. Once you've got the beans harvested, what about the residue that you're leaving behind the combine? Well, I'm a dedicated no-tiller, and a lot of people have heard me talk about no-till programs. And a lot of people think no-till starts with the planter or the drill or air seeder when they're putting seed in the ground. No, it's not there. It's not when you park the tillage equipment. It's actually when you harvest the previous crop. 
I want to make sure that residue is uniformly spread, and that uniform spread residue becomes much easier to work with in the no-till system. But that uniform spreading becomes a little bit of a challenge. We start looking at green beans, some green pods out there. We look at, uh, we, some people love choppers in their combine. The chopper can help chew up that residue. Well, that green stem chews up definitely different than that dry soybean stem. So you might have to adjust your chopper or adjust the fins in the chopper to get it to spread wider. Some of the newer combines out there are doing a lot better to process residue, but again, a lot of our listeners out there have the older combines. And again, we spend some time adjusting that. And again, first thing in the morning when the stems are wet, it might spread different than in the afternoon. It might spread different if you've got a crosswind in the field. I'll tell producers to work on the downwind side of the field as they're combining, because then as the residue comes out of the back of the combine, the wind actually helps distribute the residue for you by blowing away from the standing crop. And so again, little things start to add up when it comes to improving that residue distribution, but the key is get it spread. Paul, any other tips you'd like to pass along? Uh, Just that farmers have to really think about uh, being a combine operator, not a driver. Get out and check. Get out and make the adjustments. You know, the operator's manual gives you some starting points where to set the combine. But then as I start going through the field, if I find out that, uh, for instance, more pods are going out the back that are unthreshed, I might need to open up my sieve compared to what the book setting is on the lower sieve to send them back through rethresh. It's little things like that you have to be able to see in the field and notice and then make those fine-tuning adjustments. One of the best things uh, we do in our own research farms is uh, we have the combine operator actually write down the settings he used for the conditions he was in. For instance, uh, this year we are looking at some possibility of harvesting some 15, 16% beans. Well, we can pull out a little notebook and find out, you know, maybe four years ago this one variety was 16%. Here's the settings we used, and that helps us get a new starting point. The extra detailed records like that help you in the future and avoid some of the headaches and problems and get you in the field a lot faster. And, you know, we're probably going to find out some real telling information about specific hybrids as well. When it comes to the different varieties of soybeans out there, uh, the, the maturity makes a big difference. The planting date makes a big difference. And even the traits within that uh, might be the same maturity, but the traits may be different from being one to being two. The other thing is we've got a lot of our clients out there who are spraying fungicides. Fungicide helps keep that plant healthy. Fields that have been sprayed with fungicide are going to stay green longer. Now, the bad news is the soybean itself may be already mature, the pod's ready to combine, but the plant really looks green. And so, again, we got to start thinking about looking at that pod, not the plant itself. If the pod's ready to harvest, I'm ready to harvest. Paul Yasa, thanks again for sharing your expertise with us. And for Successful Farming, I'm Jody Hinkey. 